12 minutes to 8 o'clock. Well done, Colleen. Colleen Strawn from Brizzy. You've got a Spinalese pillow and you'll never look back. I'm telling you, you'll end up buying everyone a Spinalese pillow. Well done, Colleen. Now, I spoke on Tuesday here to naval historian John Perryman. Tuesday, as I said, was the anniversary of the 1942 Battle of the Coral Sea. It was the largest naval battle fought near Australia and the first aircraft carrier battle ever fought. I said when I spoke to John that there was another significant military anniversary and that's today, May the 8th. It's the 75th anniversary of VE Day. Adam Gilchrist spoke briefly about it earlier this morning. This is the day in 1945 when World War II ended in Europe. Here, the war ended on August the 15th, 1945, with the formal Japanese surrender on the deck of the USS Missouri in Tokyo Bay. Dr Carl James has been an historian at the Australian War Memorial since 2006 and is now the head of its military history section. What a job. What a wonderful job. His research focuses on Australia's involvement in the Second World War. So given the anniversary, who better to speak with? Dr Carl James, thank you very much for your time this morning. Uh, Good morning, Chris. Thanks for having me. Can we start with the stats? Because they're huge. How many Australians, men and women, served in the Second World War? Yeah, so we're thinking totally over 900,000 Australians served in the Second World War, which is almost one in seven people. Uh, And from that figure, about half a million served overseas. So the numbers alone are staggering. And then from that, we have some nearly, uh, if include Australians in the Allied forces, nearly 40,000 Australians died in the conflict. One in seven took part and 39,000 were killed, close to 67,000 injured as well. And the overall statistics are almost beyond comprehension. At least 60 million people killed, including an estimated 6 million during the Holocaust. You once wrote an article in which you quoted an American historian who estimated that between September 3, 1939 and August 1545, a life was lost every three seconds. That is staggering. It's absolutely horrific. And I think in many ways, the Second World War is so vast that we're still coming to terms with its legacy. And we see this being played out in parts of Asia, for example, in in East and the way Russia interacts with its um, neighbours in Ukraine and elsewhere. But it's really odd because I think in Australia, while the Second World War was really the the conflict that shaped Australia in the 20th century, um, it was uh, a time of mass mobilisation, total war, it's still really... I feel not as understood its significance or its complexity and diversity as, say, other conflicts. And so while the Second World War did so much to shape the legacy of the conflict, to shape modern Australia, um, we still think about Gallipoli, we still think about the First World War. Yeah. And in many ways, the Second World War, I think, has been uh, somewhat overshadowed. I agree. Because we did so many things, and it's such a diverse story. There's no one single narrative. No. We have Australian forces everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and that complex complexity makes it a very hard story for us today to really understand. What is clear, though, is that we jumped in quickly. On September the 3rd, 1939, Britain and France declared war on Germany following the invasion of Poland. It took Prime Minister Robert Menzies barely an hour to announce Australia was also at war. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. So uh, the 3rd of September 1939 was a Sunday. It was actually Father's Day. Uh, and when the Britain's ultimatum journey expired, Neville Chamberlain said, all right, the state of war exists between Britain and Germany. And at that time, Australia was automatically at war. So this is a, the Six Years' War, and we were in it right from the 3rd of September 1939 
all the way through you know, today, the 8th of May. Um, so there's a bit of a recurry with the defeat of Germany. But for us, you know, if you're thinking 75 years ago, we're still in the midst of the war in the Pacific. During 1945, at this time, 75 years ago, Australian forces are still fighting seven separate campaigns in the Pacific. Uh, and the war is expected to continue in, against Japan until 1946. So the, the Second World War, was, it was a long, hard slog. When we decided to jump in, how was the Prime Minister's broadcast received and what kind of an army, a military, did we have to contribute? It's a really interesting question because um, when Menzies made his very famous broadcast, he did this, they didn't consult Parliament, uh, government didn't seek, they wasn't debated, it was just a given really. Uh, And there was really a mixed um, emotion. So if you look at oral history interviews and people who are alive at the time, there isn't wasn't a total surprise. From about 1938, it looked as though a year, another European war was inevitable. But people could still remember the, the Great War. Now, that was only 25 years early, the, the First World War, the war to end all wars, mm. 60,000 60, dead. So there was no scenes of celebration or naivety. There'd the be trepidation. There would have been trepidation, right? But trepidation, um, fear, anxiety, a lot of sadness. You know, the First World War was a horrific yeah. tragedy. Yeah. And now they had this sense of looking at modern weapons... Uh, that this would be exactly the same yeah. thing again. What sort so of military was, did we have? It was tiny. So we had a very small a very small army, uh, so the militia, which is a little bit like the Army Reserve, but the numbers were small. They were somewhat obsolete. And they're part-time citizen soldiers, so not a, a big force to send overseas. Our Navy uh, was modest. And in terms of aircraft for the Royal Australian Air Force, most of our aircraft were like twin-engined sort of uh, trainers, reconnaissance type aircraft. So we weren't prepared to fight a modern military conflict, which is why there's this mass mobilisation and gearing up uh, to fight or to, to raise a large expeditionary force. You have a massive expansion of the, the Air Force and as well as the Navy. We join things, uh, so the Empire Air Training Scheme, for example. So we connect with the Dominion, so Britain, the Empire and the Dominion. So we're part of a larger coalition effort. And it really takes uh, about during 1940, even into early 1941, to mobilise. And then that ramps up another year again from 1942 onwards with the Pacific War and, and the threat from Japan. A lot has been covered and shared about what happened at places like Kokoda, Tobruk, more recently the top end, Darwin and Broome, war almost came to Australia there. But you say concentrating only on major campaigns or the worst atrocities ignores the depth and variety of our contribution. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, names like Kokoda, Changi, Tobruk, um, roll off the tongue, our involvement, say, in places such as uh, El Alamein, where you have the Australian Ninth Division played a key role, often overlooked, partly because I think it's a, Alamein's a complicated story where the Australian forces are harder to recognise as part of a wider Commonwealth army. Uh, but if we're looking also away from the military campaigns, how what else does Australia do? Well, we have a mass mobilisation. Everyone could be conscripted through the Manpower Commission. And so that meant, for particularly if you're a, work, uh, a male of working age, you could be conscripted for the Army, so yeah. from 42 onwards, or the Civil Construction Corps. Um, you had the federal government becoming increasingly taking control over everyday movements of Australians. We had rationing. Um, you have the Americans arriving in Australia in massive numbers. Almost a million Americans go through Australia during the war. Amazing. Uh, yeah, from about 42 to 40. Well, actually, the first Americans arrived in 1941, um, but they're 
circling. Australia becomes a massive base for the American war effort in the Pacific. Later on, the British are arriving with the British Pacific fleet. So you've got a, a lot happening on the campaign front. There's a lot going on from a military point of view. And also what we're finding now, too, is there, or there were, individual Australians everywhere in the conflict. So we've got Australian commandos who take part in the deer parade uh, and then they're killed fighting in Italy. Um, even when you've got, uh, there's an Australian woman, uh, Lady Sherrington, who joined the British Army. She's there with the, in Dunkirk, evacuates with the BEF in 1940, goes back with the British Army in 1944 at D-Day. So there are individual Australians just everywhere. Yeah. And even as one of the big surrender ceremonies when you have German forces in northwest Europe in Holland surrendering to Field Marshal uh, Montgomery, just above Monty's shoulder was Chester Wilmot, the very famous Australian war correspondent, and he's describing the scenes for the, for the BBC. Yeah, great so stuff. I, I, we could speak forever about this and speak about, you know, how we waited until World War Two ended in the Pacific uh, three months or so later after VE Day, but it's just a fascinating part of history. And, of course, as you say, Second World War shaped modern Australia. I thank you very much for your time, Carl. No, thank you for having me. No problem. Dr Carl James, the head of the Military History Section at the Australian War Memorial. And the Mora Memorial's website is awm, awm.gov.au.